good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the date. Today is the 15th of March, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another Yellow diamonds of- in my ear, call them lemon heads. Lemon head in the bed, ice like Winnipeg. Gemstones, Flintstones, you could say I'm friends with Fred. James Shout is... Cameron. James is... Cam. James is recording. I'm sorry. He is uh, uh, very clearly celebrating uh, what is technically his birthday right now as of this recording. Uh, James is very excited. It's your birthday. James, even though it's like technically as we're recording, this is like two hours away. We're doing this a little bit early. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, James. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm a year away from 30. Um, I'm 29. So this is it. This is this is what um, this is. This is it. This is. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I was going to ask you, is it how long have you been? You're very clearly one of those people who has sort of uh, dreaded that milestone for a few years now. At what age was it when you hit 25? You're like, OK, we're you know, we're kind of on the home stretch here. Was it 26? At what age did you kind of start to feel feel it? Sounds about right. 25, because it's like you're over the hill. Like, I think mm-hmm. it might have been 26 because then it's like you're closer to 30 than 20. Right. With, you know, my biggest thing was um New Year's 2020, I was like, wow, by the end of the decade, I'm going to be 30. So I'm already kind of there. I'm already dreading it a little bit. Like, I'll Don't be 23 yourself, this year. Dude. Yeah, screw Man, yourself. I got, my, I got my LeBron year this year, my Jordan year. I'm excited for that. Don't um, ever say your LeBron year, man. It's Jordan year. Show some my respect. Lebr- my LeBron year is coming up. Uh, my Blake Griffin in Detroit year uh, is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was I was going to say, what was – oh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, we we talked on the last episode about the last Pistons trade that was just fundamentally terrible. I went back in the transaction history. Had to go back a few years to find one that you really went, oh, my gosh. What did you find? Ha- well, it has to be the Brandon Jennings for Brandon Jennings and change. I'm sorry, Chris Middleton and change for Brandon Jennings, right? Yeah, that's up there. Yep. It, I sure. mean, in, in recent that was because that happened before the Dinwiddie one, right? So, but I, but I would say the the reason that doesn't trump the Blake one, uh, Middleton showed flashes. No one knew it would be this, and right. the Blake deal. You can make a case that you would rather have both Tobias and or Shea and Miles, right? Uh, than Blake. You know, it would have been really funny is if we did end up with Miles Bridges and he was in the 2019 slam dunk contest, as was Dennis Smith Jr., as was the newest Detroit Piston and the winner of that slam dunk contest, Hamadou Diallo, mm-hmm. which uh, so he was he was acquired. Um, well, you were hype. Cool. You texted me. Hype. Can I read? Can I do Nick? Nick text. You going to air out our text again? Yeah, go for it. Because your Nick Nick text. We should do. Nick I knew text. you were busy. That should be a that should be a um, oh, Ooh, a I, segment. That's that should fun. be a segment, I like and I have a, a uh, how the sausage is made story on that, on why, it, and kids, don't choose this profession. Please don't. Um, it, it's it's absolutely. Are you talking about, like, the news-breaking business? Yeah, don't, yeah, or okay. just the, the responsibilities um, in general that come with this job. First, let me read the Nick's te- Nick, Nick text. That absolutely yes. Your ass, dude. All caps. Yeah, no context. Seems like a good move, me. I said that. Troy is an effing beast. I mean, what an animal. That's the absolute highest you could have sold on Svee and you nail it. Come on, man. Love it. I was excited. And I I knew you were busy. I wasn't going to, you know, bomb you with text because I I knew you were obviously uh, really busy at the time. No, man. I mean, that's what I said right there. 
Nailed it. I mean, that's the highest you could have gone on Svi. And before we get into sort of what this means for Detroit moving forward, um, I do want to ask you this. Was this on your radar at all? Like, was this something that you had even heard whispers about? Because it was alluded to that basically Troy gets here and he kind of had his eyes set on Diallo at some point. Um, Was this something that you had any idea if it was coming? Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't know this trade was it. As you said, I, I'm the one. I don't know if anybody of the other guys reported it, but I reported that Troy had been eyeing Diallo since he's been here. Um, and oh, then, that was you. Okay, I'm sorry. Come on, man. You know I do. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> all right. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm trying. Um, what was I talking about, man? Jesus, that wine is oh, hitting. and then you could kind of—I mean—you could put pieces together that Spee was maybe. I mean, there's multiple reasons to think Spee could get traded. One, um, Troy just absolutely has torn this roster to shreds, and everybody who was left over is pretty much been moved now, except Seku. And two, Spee just hasn't been playing well. Um, which so, is funny because he actually did play well in the Charlotte game. He, oh well, he statistically, yeah, he yeah. played. If you look, if you that's why box score watching is dangerous because I think he yeah. well, he put up like nine assists he had and some it bad was kind of like, wow, right. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, well, actually, I do kind of want to ask you this because somebody did point this out. I, I did think it was a really interesting point. Not that I think you know you you were wrong or anything like that. I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are on this and sort of what the process was like. Um, they pointed out that it was you know a few episodes ago that you had mentioned that. Um, the Pistons and, and Svee's people were sort of in talks about an extension and, and how that would work. Yep. Um, I Not that I think you were lying, but, like, what happened? Those conversations happened early in the season. Okay. And then the season happened. Um, sure, sure. And then uh, – so what I anticipate to happen is as soon as the Pistons can extend Diallo – not extend, I'm sorry, because his deal, his rookie deal is up. As soon as they can sign him to a long-term deal, I, I anticipate – them doing so like i they like him now um aside right. from what happens I, I mean obviously if he plays terrible like that could change things but as of right now um to my knowledge like they anticipate signing him to a deal down the line do you have any idea sort of because they it's, it's not until september i believe now that that they can actually offer yeah. him a money or, or offer him a figure that's appropriate yeah um do you have any sort of inclination early on as to what that number is going to be ballpark if I had to guess, like three for thirty-three, I was gonna say four for forty. So okay, sort of in that same in that same ballpark. Then mm-hmm. um, the three for thirty-three, the old Dwight Powell, which is a great contract. <laughs> the and old Dwight Powell. The yes. old like if you give someone and that's five, not me reporting. That's just me. Um, yes. Yeah, that's just what I th- I think something you, like you, that. You you were aggregated. Um, you were aggregated earlier this week, and it kind of pissed you off from what it seemed like on Twitter. Um, For those who don't know, it was about Jeremy Grant, um, the the Celtics offering multiple firsts. Um, it didn't piss him. me off. It's part of the game, and I get it, and I need to be more cognizant of what I say on stuff. Um, yeah, I just said, like, to me, what I said on the podcast, shout out to Sherrod, uh, Sherrod Blakely, um, who had me on his show. Um, my, I said, I believe Boston is, I was very vague with it intentionally. Um, and then I also just referenced what the, as you recall, what the broadcasters had said during one of the Pistons Celtics games. Yeah. I tweeted a video of it. 
Um, like it's like obviously known that Ainge has reached out, and I didn't get any blowback from anybody in the league on that. So I, I'm not wrong, and I was confident in it when I said it. I just was being vague for the sake of just being vague and to just being on a podcast that wasn't something that uh, it's not this podcast or it's not the athletic. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. Psych. Um, but yeah, no, Hamadou Diallo is a guy, athletic wing fits Weaver's mold. Uh, Casey thinks he'll step in and be one of the best defenders right away on the team. He's been out in OKC with a groin injury, but he's had his best year so far. I think he's averaging close to 12 points a game. He's really improved as a passer. That's another thing that's people have seen leaps on. I've watched a few OKC games this year, not a lot. Um, but that's one thing he's improved on. And he's not a good shooter, but, I mean, that's you hear Dwayne all the time. That's one thing he can you can fix. But Dwayne definitely needs some shooting, and you can hear it in his comments. Um, but that's the thing. I, I tweeted it earlier. Like, if you're going to be on the ground floor of the rebuild, you might as well get two-way guys in here that – can do a lot of things and if they learn to shoot then you have the type of player you want in today's game you can always find shooters and plug and play once you're ready to yeah. compete uh, but the Diallo story in terms of, and why I tell kids not to go into this profession Friday night thinking I have no uh, no I'm sorry what's today Saturday yeah Friday or no today's Sunday uh, Friday night I no game had a had a buddy over my, my boy Cheddar Cheddar Z um Drove down 45 minutes from Macomb, watching basketball, playing FIFA, hanging out. Got some, they say, wings and catfish, just chilling. Trade happens. So. There's no way this happened to you again. Oh, it's happened all the time. It happens all I the time. I didn't know this. I you didn't, you didn't tell me about this. No, so I'm sitting there. I'm flustered. Like, people are texting me about. That's the one thing. Friends and family, I absolutely love you guys. Um, I love you guys, like, unconditionally. But asking me about a trade right after it happens, I'm trying to work. And yeah. it just adds to the, the flustering. Um, That's and, why and my I friends tr- do yeah. that a lot. I try to leave you alone. I really try. But I, I, like, I think I, I don't remember what the other thing I, I can I handle one or two people texting me, but it's usually like five or six. Basically, I'll send you one text so that you know that I know. And then I'm like, he'll get back to me in a few hours, as you did. And then um, I actually ended up texting you like six hours later. Um, it was like six minutes like, later. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking joking, like we, 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 we had our little conversation yeah, yeah. and then we had our Mobley dialogue, which if you're going to air those texts out, which you are more than welcome to, I'm going to catch a lot of flack because I said a lot of things about Evan Mobley that, um, we'll do a draft pod soon. And I'm going to read, I'm just going to read every text that you've sent me about Mobley on that, on that pod. The ones that I sent the other night were dangerous. Um, well, they're going to get read. We'll get to the Mobley thing in a minute, but I, I want to keep, uh, I want to stay on the Diallo thing for just a second. A lot of people have sort of tried to figure Weaver out. I think we've we've slowly started to sort of get an idea of what he likes and where he wants this team to go. But at the same time, it's difficult for us to actually, you know, put ourselves in his shoes because he's showing us how unpredictable he truly is, right? But the one common denominator here is, and it was pointed out by um, uh, Fox Sports Detroit uh, statistician Austin Drake. Who Shout was, out Drizzy. Huh? Yes. Um Troy Weaver really likes those those wingspans, those lengthy guys. I also want to I want to point out really quick if you can hear that sort of um, that high pitched noise in the background, it is not a smoke detector. He didn't um, change his batteries. No, no, it's literally my desk. Anytime it moves, there's like a hinge that squeaks. I promise it's as annoying to me as it is to you. So if you can hear that, I do apologize. But um, he likes long dudes. And Whoa. if if you I knew 
as soon as it came out Pause. of my mouth. Yep. Pause that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I what I did is I used the context clues and I looked at the 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 you know the prohibitive five favorites to go in the draft and I thought, okay, what are their wingspans like? Evan Mobley's like seven foot with like a seven five wingspan. Cade's what six eight with a seven one or seven two wingspan. Kaminga's six seven six eight with like a seven one wingspan. There's your board right there, Pistons fans. If you're wondering about Suggs, if you're wondering about Green, there's a reason that they're not on the list. And somebody pointed out, Dennis Smith Jr., his wingspan is basically his height. There's a reason that we've said Dennis Smith Jr., probably not a long-term guy in Detroit. He got him in exchange for Derrick Rose because he needed another guard to run out the rest of the season, especially with Killian Hayes not playing. And, and you might as well take a flyer just to see what happens. Right. So it's like if he sticks around, anomaly. If he doesn't, well, we expect it. You don't want to be the told you so guy, but, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Um, But people have kind of started to read the read the the writing on the wall. Does this move say anything about Josh Jackson? Well, we'll get don't worry. We'll get to the Seku thing in a minute as well. But Josh Jackson, in terms of I kind of feel like how they're talking about Diallo so far and how they view him is kind of what we thought Josh was going to be for this team for a few years. And now it's like, it's kind of just feels like once Josh's contract is up, if they can't get a trade partner for him, which if he keeps this up, I think is conceivable in a year from now um, that Diallo is just kind of going to kind of take that position. So is there anything in this that, that we can take away about Josh Jackson? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily correlated to Josh. I could be wrong. Um, I haven't heard anything. I would say that the more versatile wings, the better. Um, I think if Diallo ever can get to league average three-point shooting, he's a starter in the league. I don't think Josh can get there. Uh, Diallo's young enough and from everything you hear works on his shot. Uh, Josh is an aggressive shot taker that doesn't make him. Um, He's been really struggling from three tonight against Brooklyn or against Brooklyn last night. Whatever day we're saying we're recording this against yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, we're lying. So, yeah. Yeah, against Brooklyn. Uh, did not shoot the three ball well. I, I definitely think that second unit, and again, this is so early in the rebuild, it's hard to even gauge what the end vision is. But if they see Josh Jackson as the playmaker in the second unit, I would get one more that's better uh, simply because Josh – is able to feed into his urges with some of the lineups he's with because there's not much scoring around him. And there's days it goes really well and there's days it doesn't go really well. Um, but as, in terms of what it what it means for him with Diallo coming here, I don't know. I think if they could get something for Josh, something interesting, like more than a second-round pick, they would do it. I don't know that. That's not me reporting that. That's just logic. I don't think Josh is necessarily considered – a staple going forward. Um, I think Diallo is somebody that provides similar things um, and is still a little bit more raw. It, it, But again, at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing to have a, a bunch of guys with that prototype on your roster and, and let sure. the dust settle where it may with who, who stands out and who takes the leaps. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, adding athletic wings to this team. You know, don't forget, Sadiq Bey is still here. Right. And and a lot of people in this fan base wouldn't call him athletic, but a guy that just knows how to play. I think he's 
the athleticism has sort of grown as this season has moved along. Like at the beginning of the year, the guy was not putting the ball up around the rim, period. And now if he does it, you're kind of like, yeah, that's a thing that he does sometimes. I, I think right? his feel has improved. I like he, Again, he's not the fastest. He doesn't jump the highest, but he's super strong. Um, and I okay. think he has good feel for the game and is starting to learn how to use hesitations in the paint to, to get his shot off, up fakes, um, when to attack. He's very good with his left hand attacking the rim. Like It feels like most of his finishes at the rim are with his left hand. Um I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Sadiq fan. Like Sadiq is yeah. a, a good ball player, and at the end of the day, you need good ball players. And he's probably the best shooter on the team right now. Wayne probably has the case, but Sadiq, I think, can get a shot off in different ways. Uh, Sadiq is going to be a big part of this future going forward. I think it's interesting that you and I. I apologize. I don't remember who pointed it out, but somebody did. It was a great point. You already have um, you don't you don't necessarily have a surplus of guys on this team, um, you know, who are great off the catch shooters, you know, movement three point shooters. You just traded one of them, albeit, you know, he was struggling this season. But we know we know who Svi is and who he was, you know, last season, yeah. um, just a little bit of a down year. And if if our calculations are correct, you assume Wayne Ellington's probably out the door. So you're kind of like, OK, so where is the three-point shooting really going to be coming from here? Um, you know, we mentioned the jury's out on Diallo. The, he can't really shoot. Um, you did mention his passing, and I, and I did say that um, in my, my recap where I kind of went over the trade really quick. This season, he's had a few, like, trailer passes and dump-off passes around the rim that are kind of like, whoa. Yeah, I, no, like, he's really improved his pet guy's cutting. Yeah. Um, he's made some good plays. I, I think <sighs> – it's going to be interesting to see when it comes to the shooting thing because I actually asked Dwayne today pregame. Clearly, like, he's in coach mode. Like, his goal is to, like, think about the games and winning games. And I, and it's clear, to, it's clear that he knows the team needs shooting, and it's obvious to us the team needs shooting. But we could also make the case that the team is rebuilding, and their goal is to try to get a top pick. And you make the case that if they have actually have some good shooters on this team, that they're a little, they're better than their record suggests. Like they lose a lot of games because they can't. They lost to the Brooklyn because they can't hit any threes. Yeah. Um. So if you're gonna rebuild and tank, like that's one way to do it. Like getting good shots, but guys are missing them. Like that's that's one way to go about it. Like if you're gonna build a roster with athletic guys and but your offense is predicated on three point shots, like that's one way to tank. Um. But with – I asked Dwayne pregame, would you rather have a versatile two-way wing that, like, if he – with more upside, like, if you can get that guy to shoot league average and he does all this other stuff, would you rather have that guy or the natural shooter? And I was like, of course you need a balance. But, like, as a coach for development, which one would you rather have? He's like, probably the athletic guy because the, the shooter that's the natural – the Kyle Corver types, like, you can't teach athleticism to yeah. them you can't teach breaking down breaking down guys off the dribble you can't teach wingspan you can't teach speed cutting the passing lane um but it, it's clear to when you hear Dwayne talk that he knows the team needs shooting but they're in the such early phase of the rebuild and shooting you can get in free agency we just saw them get Wayne um you can get in the second round of the drafts if he was a second round pick um, I think when it, the time comes that they're ready to turn a corner, I don't think Troy's going to have any trouble adding shooting to this roster. So you might as well now try to get the two-way guys that can cut, finish at the rim, defend, try to develop them, and then when the time comes, like I said, at plug in the shooting uh, because sure. 
the offense is going to be the same. Sure. We're going to move off the Diallo thing here in just a minute, but two more points. One, very quickly, boy, I would have loved to have heard that conversation between he and Presti. I just, you know what I mean? Like, that would have been so cool. Um, like, master and apprentice sort yeah. of a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I know Troy Weaver is like 80 years older than Sam Presti is, but. Um, I have a beef with Sam Presti. I do. Well, I don't have a beef with him. I don't think we should be giving him his flowers yet, but what's your, what's your beef? Um, without divulging too much, I reported when they hired Weaver that the Pistons wanted him in 2018, but the Thunder didn't allow, didn't want Weaver to leave yet. Uh Um, I got some calls that that wasn't true. I was very, um, confident in my sources that it was true. So played the whole dog and pony show and Tom Gore's interview during the Weaver press conference, first thing he says is we wanted Troy Weaver in 2018, but OKC didn't want to let him go. So, yeah. So yep. you think that was that was Presti trying to, what, dead it? Like trying to just suppress like that they wouldn't let him go? Like what's the – I'll I'll leave it to interpretation. Gotcha. Oh, so that's what you can't say. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about is sort of the elephant in the room, the six-foot, seven-sized elephant in the room, Sekou Dumboya. I was talking to my brother about this the other night, and we sort of came shout to this agreement. Matt. Yes, shout out to my brother Matthew. Um, it's it's really wild and kind of sad that you know if you think about this team in in two years, right? Let alone one year, but two years, three years. Are you thinking about Seku? Not sure yet. Um, history, recent history, suggests that. He could be gone because everybody else that was a holdover was gone. Um, Troy was asked specifically about Sekou last week during his uh, media availability, and he sounded like he was here to let him develop. I think no G League really has hurt Sekou more than anyone because he would be getting minutes and working on his game and all that stuff. And now it's clear Detroit feels like he's more of a negative one on the floor and they don't want to put him in positions not to succeed rather than put him in positions uh, – well, well, let me say that differently. They'd rather not throw just throw him out there for the sake of throwing him out there. Sure. Um, and there are people that have an issue with that on the from the fan base, um, and then there are people who see it as Sekou is just not good and he shouldn't be playing anyway. Um, I think there's – I'm still just in the camp of, like, let's let this – if Troy decides to trade him, uh, he doesn't see anything in him, and you just move forward. You rinse your hands. I don't think that the Pistons are going to miss out on – I don't think it's going to be a Middleton situation. Um, but I also am in the camp of this team isn't going anywhere anywhere soon, so you might as well hold on to him and just see what happens. Okay, this is an interesting segue. I have some things I want to say on that, but let's just move on because we've spent about 20 minutes on the Diallo stuff. That This is one of the other things that I was texting you about the other night um, very ambitiously, okay? And you thought – you didn't think I was sober. I was dead sober. That I think give this team two or three years, we are sweet. I mean, this – it's one thing Define when it's – sweet, like fun to watch or like t- competing for Eastern Conference title? Phoenix. Mm, not – but not not as good as they are this year. Like Phoenix is, it feels like they're overachieving right now. They're but, the second so like, in, in the second in the West. Right. So what I'm saying is is where we thought that they were going to be like, wow, this Phoenix team with Chris Paul is like pretty good. 
Maybe okay. this is an arbitrary comparison, but I, I think that they're going to be a team that, like, no, we know that they're not. I think maybe they'll have a moment, you know, where they're like. So you think they could be Boston? Hmm. Sure, without the disappointment. I think we'd be Boston in, in the sense that. Um, how do I articulate this? Young stars, not overachieving, maybe underachieving because they uh, propelled themselves so quickly. Sure. And now struggling a little bit. Well, now they're back at the five seed, but everyone expected them to turn the corner, but it, uh, forgetting that Tatum and Brown are still super young. Right. I think we're just going to be in a position where, you know, I think maybe we'll find ourselves 40 games into the season as like the, you know, the fourth or the fifth seed. But no one's really taking us seriously as a title contender. And we think that that's fine because we're, you know, we're still a few years away from, you know, being that team. Um, but, you know, you have, you know, Killian has a few years under his belt. Cade will have a few years under his belt. Amani Bates is going to be a rookie. Evan Mobley is going to be coming into his own. Like, there is a world. <laughs> so and you're going to have you know, Cade and an Evan Mobley? You're good. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Touche. I'm sorry. You're right. Cade's going to have a few years under his belt. Amani's going to be a rookie. And that's where it ends. Um, uh, you know, Steph, his contract will be up in 2022. Like, this team is good. <laughs> that one's again a joke. But, um, you know, you did point something out, though, that is something that I, I do forget about all the time, which is very interesting considering I'm a Pistons fan. It's the, the injury portion of it that you really, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, we went into the season hoping that Killian was going to be fine the entire time, and it turns out he's actually going to miss like 60% of the season or 80% of the season, whatever it is. Um, you know, but I really do think that we're going to find ourselves in a position where, oh, my gosh, like I'm really excited to watch the Pistons maybe win, you know, 47 games in a year, uh, you know, in a best case scenario, maybe they're going to win 50 games in a season. Uh, you know, is that two or three years away? I, that's a bit of a hyperbole, but you know, five years from today, the trajectory that we're on right now, I think that this Pistons team is, is going to be in a position where they're kind of box office and maybe one of the best teams in Detroit, if not the best, maybe the, the Red Wings could rival them. You know, if Brad Holmes, does the trajectory, a good... they're yeah. the second worst team in the league. Sure. This but, is why I love this pod because I want this, the fan. Like sure. I, my team is sweet. We're going to be sweet. We're raise the Larry O'Brien down. Sure. Take it down Woodward in 2023. This and then I'm here to bring you. I will say this: things are encouraging. Sadiq encouraging. Saban encouraging. Isaiah encouraging. Jeremy encouraging. Um, another top three pick possibly coming in. Encouraging. Killian, they love Killian. I just can't say anything. I haven't. He's played seven games. Yeah, um, you know, you know, yeah. I would just say I remember as somebody that's lived in Michigan, even though I, I really didn't grow up a Pistons fan, uh, as somebody that lived in Michigan, I just know that there. this isn't the first time fans have been excited about young players. Let me say this. That's a good point. I think where a lot of this stems from is that as a Detroit sports fan, you know, whenever we find ourselves in these situations where we're trying to build from the ground up, you know, it usually takes a few years for it to even look like it's starting to get off the ground. I cannot remember a time where in year one of a new general manager of a rebuild, every, almost every conceivable thing that is, how do I, okay, I am, I am all out of sorts right now. You're hot everything that Everything that Troy Weaver has done has either been a home run or a triple. Can you give me something that was a double or a single? I you could be damn sure he hasn't struck out. Um I wouldn't say struck out. People call the waving and stretching stuff weird. Weird is fine. I don't I again I don't 
again, Detroit's not in the position where it matters that much. So I don't really, I don't, I wouldn't call that a triple or it's, it just is what it is. Um, people, I don't know if Mason Plumlee would be a triple. Um, if you can get him for, it just depends on what his value. I don't think it's a yeah. bad signing. I wouldn't call it. I mean, you're you're saying everything's been a triple or home run. I wouldn't call it a triple sure. or a home run. So let me let me quickly. And amend I think that. Killian's too soon to say triple or home run. A lot of the things that have happened are a little bit too soon, but things that you know, like Josh Jackson, this is going really well so far. A lot of these things are going to take some time. It's going like good, M- Mason. You and I have a little bit of a different opinion on where Josh Jackson's at. The Dennis Smith Jr. experience has actually been pretty fun so far. And we just talked about it a minute ago, how the reality is that he's probably not going to be here very long. But you know what? While he's here, it's cute and I like it. The Saban Lee thing, I would say he's about 50 times more impactful this season than most of us thought he was going to be. When he got drafted, we're like, cool, Jordan Bone again. Um I'm pretty sure I was even a proponent of that, where it's just a two-way guy who's on the bench, and he's not that Jordan Bone wasn't good. He was he's, he's fast as lightning, but he wasn't good. just in just in principle, this guy who sits at the end of the bench and just never really gets a chance to shine. Saban Lee comes in, and the way that he's able to settle into a basketball game has been everything and more than I than I thought I, it could possibly. I will be. say, Troy has everything Troy's done has been encouraging. I'm not gonna go as far as triple and home run because time will tell with that. That's that's everything uh, is encouraging. And this is I would say as somebody that's observed this franchise, this is probably the most optimistic it's felt since the going yeah. to work team. And and that's that's also fair. And, and when and, I say and that's reason for exci- the excitement that you're giving off. It's just sure. enhanced because you've had to go through some shit. Yeah. And I think it's also worth noting that I, I'm, I'm pretty notably uh, a very hyperbolic guy. So, um, you know, when I say, you know, in three years, we're going to be winning 50 games. It's wishful thinking, but I just have so much faith in what uh, Troy is doing with this team and the way that, you know, Dwayne is building these guys up. And I and really I don't think you're wrong there. I just, yeah, I just would caution 50 wins is a lot of wins. Uh, yeah, I know. That's like a five years down the road thing. Um, when like uh, Nate McMillan is coaching this team or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there. But, um, like, I have so much faith and optimism, um, you know, in, in this upcoming draft. And then something that you and I have talked a little bit about before. Like, Troy Weaver just pulling relationships out of a hat. And we're like, I didn't know you had connections with this guy. Really curious to see, you know, how deep into his bag he can go to, to get some more names in Detroit. Like, Diallo, of course. Like, you think about, oh, yeah, I guess he was with that with that front office that, that drafted him. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, if memory serves, traded up to get him. Whatever it was, he was still there. Right? Jeremy Grant. The guy has been he's he's been in his they've been in each other's lives since Jeremy Grant was in like AAU, right? So I'm just curious to to go down the line and think when some you know inexplicable name comes to the Motor City, yeah, uh, uh, Troy Weaver and I he's known me since I was like 17. Sadiq is from the DMV area where Troy is from, and they didn't even work him out because they didn't think he'd be there. But enough connections. Uh, Isaiah Stewart is his Washington coach coached alongside Troy at Syracuse, I believe. There you go. Troy's bumped elbows and shaking hands with a lot of people in this league. And this is what and I, I mean. wrote that story when he got hired about Jim Behan gave the greatest quote. Anyone can spot LeBron James. Troy, what Troy does is find guys. And I think Troy has found guys that can be pillars of a good, stable. Again, Pistons fans aren't dumb. They know what championship basketball looks like. But I would even just caution if Troy can get the Pistons to a Portland level, a Utah level, a 
a, a level that is sustained. Well, you can't say the Utah level because you made fun of me for saying the Phoenix level. Utah's number one. Well, I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying what no matter it might not mean championships, but sustained success where you oh, sure, people sure, love Utah okay. and they think they're really legit title contenders this year. I have to, you obviously have to wait to see it, but it's a team every year that's in the playoffs, does well in the regular season. Portland playoffs or does well in the regular season, gets in the playoffs. Sometimes they surprise you. If not, they're in the playoffs and they have a guy that's a foundation. There's, I just want to caution fans that obviously the goal is to win championships and to bring championships back to Detroit, and that's what Troy's going to do. He's going to try his best to do. But there's also nothing wrong with building a Denver. Just sustained success every year. You can count on your team to win 40 to, 42 to 50 games, and sometimes the playoffs don't go your way. Sometimes they do. But you're going to have something that's sustainable, and that's that's what I think the goal should be for a market like Detroit. Of course, if you stumble into championships, like – the going to work teams, they phenomenal, great. They didn't stumble into championships, but I still think if they didn't stumble, stumble into a championship, but I would, I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, couldn't get over the hump, got over the hump. I still think if Indiana beat Detroit in that series, Indiana's the NBA champions. I think they beat the Lakers. Like sometimes things go, it's just about building a sustainable quality product each year. And, you like I said, you want championships. You want to be at the the mountaintop, but there's nothing wrong with also being Portland, Denver, Utah, where it's just sustained success. The fans can come out, know they're going to get quality basketball every night. They're gonna their team's going to be in the playoffs. They might make a run. It, it, they're going to win. If you go to a regular season game, your team's likely going to win. That's that's a, that's a program. That's what you want to build. You can't always count on championships. Weird things happen, but you can you can you can hope that your team hired somebody that can build something sustainable. And Detroit, sure. as a franchise, has just not been sustainable for going on almost 15 years now. Yeah, I mean, we did that, by the way, for about six years in the late 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were the exact team that you're talking about now after we won in 2004. And that's what you need to get back to. Yeah, I, and I, I'd agree with that. And I would like to think that by the end of the decade, if this first year has been indicative of anything that's to come, for the next 10 years, I like to think that it's sort of, as Troy so lovingly puts it, restoring sort of what we have come to know about these Detroit Pistons. Yep. So, I mean, they even did it in sort of the, the latter stretch of the 80s. And right? restoring the way that they play. Which they are doing a the phenomenal job. The way that they're known for. You put Evan Mobley with – and somebody was like, well, Mobley's a big – he can't play with Isaiah – you, James, were the one that mentioned that um, he wants to sort of start to get um, Plumley and Isaiah like playing together, and you thought that that was sort of code for Evan Mobley and Isaiah. <laughs> I was bullshitting, but I mean, it, Troy. Un, I think it was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not unannounced, but um, unprompted. Had said something about like Mason and Isaiah can play together, and the next day, oh, it was Troy. I'm sorry, okay. Troy said that, but then the next day, Dwayne said that when Isaiah hit hit the three against um who they just lose to? Charlotte. 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 Um he said Isaiah could play some four. Like this is a thing that they're starting to roll out now. Like this hasn't been said all year. This is it's starting to get rolled out now. And I think yeah. they're setting themselves up for if they don't get Cade, Mobley's le- clearly it seems like in their eyes might be the number two guy. Like Let's start getting these these wheels in motion. 
And that's just I, and speculation. This, I'm just this is a podcast. Yeah. We're talking shit, but they both have un, kind of unprompted say. Isaiah can play the four. I have not seen a big with the defensive anticipation that Mobley has, and I do not know how long. I watched all 40 minutes of that Colorado game. I watched Colorado trap USC. They had them in prison for the first 15 minutes of that game. Yeah. And then what happened? Evan Mobley happened. It's a bad man. That was a great performance. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, Especially down the stretch. Like, the guy, I even took a screenshot and sent it to my brother. He's had several blocks this season where the shot leaves the shooter's hand. Mobley hasn't even left the ground yet. He's long as shit, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, (laughs) and, you know, he handles like a guard, right? And you're like, well, he's a little bit skinny. But it works for him, though. And I texted you this. I said, Evan Mobley is the, all the best things of Kevin Durant, Chris Bosh, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Period. It's a shocking statement. But it's a, you had nothing to say to it when I, when I said it the other day. All you said was, you said, lay off the cookies. That's what you said. (laughs) And then I said, you know what? If it, I, you know Evan what? Evan has a I, lot of qualities that can make him a lot of money in the NBA. You want? You want me to throw this out there? Hey, if you're Cleveland, you roll out Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Isaac Okoro. No one's scoring on you. Period. But conversely, in Detroit, Jeremy Grant, uh, Mobley, and Isaiah Stewart. Let me tell you something, man. That is fun. What did you think? I, I meant to ask you this when we were talking about Diallo. What was your – I know I read your text, but, like, were you sad? Are you going to miss Fee? No. <laughs> um, like, it was one of those – when I say I cannot believe that, that Troy did this and, maybe you know, that's where the second-round pick comes in, it's not even ours, and even by 2027, if my timeline is correct – That person gonna, in 2027 is now a sixth grader. Right, and that's going to be the 60th pick in the draft anyway, so who cares? <laughs> um you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of you know throwing another pick on the Sam Presti, the seemingly never-ending uh, Sam Presti stockpile. Um, it's an, it's such an interesting. And I'd imagine OKC got that pick because he knows how much Troy likes Diallo. Maybe. Yeah. And if that's what it costs, the interesting thing here is Svi's a good guy, who helps Oklahoma City's spacing, something that they struggle with. Yeah. Um, who's having a down year? But on the other end, it's like Diallo is actually having probably the, well, not probably, he's just having the best year of his career. But he's behind Kenrick Williams and and Lou Dort, right? So he's sort of on an incline right now. And Svee's value is kind of eh, going down a little bit. Yeah. And we were able to pull this off. We kind of started to we had this like come to Jesus moment with Svee where it's like, all right, brother, you give him a hug and you go, let's just ride out these last few days or months or week, whatever it is. You're not going to be here for very much longer because, like you said earlier, um, what, what, are they, what are they calling Troy? What's the nickname? There's the Grim Weaver. Grim Weaver, that's what I'm saying. There's a Troy Weaver and Dealer, I've heard. Um, Troy Stretch and Weaver. There's some mm, good ones. That's not a bad one. That's a pretty good one. But, yeah, it was um, um, Grim Weaver is the one I was thinking of. And that's where you just kind of think, and this is what I was saying earlier, where, like, when I think of the team in the future, I just don't really imagine Sekou's here because he doesn't look engaged when he's playing, and it's just hard to imagine that they keep a guy like that around. But conversely, it's also hard to imagine that they can get much value for it. It's an interesting I wouldn't say he doesn't look engaged. I, I also I think it's tough for Sekou to get locked in just because of the circumstances. But 
Uh, I've said that a hundred times. I agree, but the yeah. it, but the reality is that when you watch them, you're just kind of like you just feel bad. It's not. It's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. It's just such a bad situation for him to be in. Yeah, like I I, I understand why why fans that they'd like to see them run stuff for Seku, and I understand why Dwayne doesn't run stuff for Seku. Um, yeah, I could play both sides of the fences on that one, but I I just think Seku would benefit from G League time, and if he's on this roster next season, he will get ton of it hammer play um and you know i i look at this draft man and i i just know that whatever happens we're gonna be but it's also it's important to note that like troy weaver also had a hand in drafting mitch mcgarry so not everyone is gonna be an absolute home run right it's not always gonna go our way even though right yeah now, i don't know like, if i don't know i mean he very well could have been the person that said no to mitch mcgarry and everybody else said you're yes wrong. you're not um wrong. He, knowing troy the little bit that i do and seeing his moves i don't i don't necessarily know if he he seems like a mitch mcgarry guy um sure. but again i have no clue right um you know and, and it's easy and mitch for McGarry us was good in college he was very good in college, but what does that have to no, do I'm with, with how you. good he was? Like, okay. I, I, I don't think McGarry was like a reach at where he went, is what I'm saying. No, 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 and that's not what I'm saying either. I'm just saying didn't work, did it? No. Do you think Henry Allenson was a reach at, what, eight? No, where was he, he picked? Was 15 11th or, or whatever it was. Yeah, no, that's right, because we had just – you're right. Cause we had just Yes, we had just lost to Cleveland. I'm sorry, you're right. Um, I don't, He wasn't a reach. Out of Marquette, that dude was a sniper. Yeah, and it didn't work. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it it's not that it was you you drafted him too high or anything. It just he wasn't a good ball player in the league. Like that's that's all that it really um, it came down to. You like sort of just um, objectively as like a I, you know I know you don't consider yourself a fan, but you even seemed kind of a little bit amped about the whole Diallo thing. And I don't mean to make it just to circle back to this, but what did I, I say? really you were just like this is a really good move. It you is. haven't said that. You haven't said that once this year. I, you have not said that to me one time about anything that D- D- Detroit has done. Uh, you're just always like, "Here's what happened, and that's it." Yeah, no. I mean, it, I guess maybe I felt like maybe you. No, well, you didn't ask me what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was just responding so you'd stop texting me. I'm joking. Um, no, I thought it was a really good move. I think, like you said, Svee's value was going down and Diallo's was up. Is there anything like, I mean, we're at, we're, we're, cause we're what at this point, we're about a week and a half away from the trade deadline. I mean, I, it's, I don't, I know we kind of just did all the trade stuff the other day. Does this kind of make you feel like maybe Delon sticks around a little bit more? Like, does this tell you anything about what's no. happening in the future? Is there I, anything that you can tell us or there's nothing I like know for certain, um, this gives me, a, I should have plugged it at the top, but by the time you're listening to this on Monday, more trade, I did another trade piece on the athletic, check the Twitter feed, check the athletic. Um, I did another, uh, Pistons trade scenarios 2.0. I took trades around to my beat writers who cover different teams around the league and got their opinion on certain trades and, um, just their thoughts. So like I proposed a trade to them, they tell me if their team would do it or not. So it's really interesting just to get kind of you'll find out what kind of the value appears to be of some of these guys that are likely to get traded um in the next 10 days um i mean yeah i i look i i'd be shocked if i definitely think one trade for sure is coming 
and I think even two. Like I'd be shocked if Wayne is on this team. Um, you look perturbed. I'm I'm remembering that I wanted to say something, and I'm sorry. I'm trying to write it down so I don't forget to say it. You All can right, keep I'll going. Wrap, I'll wrap up. I'm no, no, no. I, I'd be surprised if Wayne's on the team, and I think Mason and or Delon could also like I I legit think there's a chance Mason and Delon are gone too. I would only I, I would I, only bet if I was a betting man. I would only put money on Wayne. Sure. Um, this is something that this is the last thing I'll say on the Diallo thing. One of those trades where if a week ago I told you, hey, I got James. But I, I think Mason idea. is more likely than people think. Interesting thing. Um, <laughs> if I told you a week ago, Thunder fans, I got this idea. I'm gonna give you guys V in a, in a 2027 second round pick. You're gonna give us Diallo. What are they gonna say? They're gonna tell me to kill myself. They're gonna tell me to delete my account, right? I think Thunder fans, from what I've no. seen in my mentions, like they realized there wasn't really room for Diallo on that team. No. Okay. The Thunder fans. Is that what you need um, to write down? No. Oh. Um, well, I wrote down two things. That was one of them, so yes. But <laughs> it, it often feels like if you propose a trade and you do the who says no, if you look at pretty much any trade that has ever happened in real life, and you think about proposing it a week prior, people are going to make cases as to why the other team would say no. It was Josh Eberle that pointed out, if you think of a trade and it doesn't make you a little bit uncomfortable for either side, it's probably not a good trade. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's one of those situations where it kind of pisses me off when people are like, oh, Troy Weaver, the Fleece, Sam Presti. Both teams got something that they needed. Both teams got what they wanted. By all accounts, this was a great move for both teams. And I some love people it. are higher on one guy than the other. Sure, because one of them won a dunk contest and one of them is a white Ukrainian. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about uh, dumb GMs, how they don't really exist. You thought about... Well, know, they're out you, there, but there's not as many. You don't really look at a... You don't really look at a trade these days and think, nah, that just didn't work. What about the Wiggins deal? The Wiggins for D'Lo and the pick. Not a great I don't, trade. I don't think Minnesota's happy with that. I don't think that's worked out at all. Yeah, it's not it's not a great uh not a great trade. I think it's top three protected this year, so it's probably likely it doesn't transfer this year in a stacked draft, so Minnesota might miss a bullet there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, that wasn't it's a lot to get off Wig- Wiggins and not have a better record. Yeah, the whole like I But also I Delo hasn't played. Where did I? What did I say to you the other day? Where did I say Cat should go? Charlotte. Yeah, and then I, mean, I tried yeah. to make that happen. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns at Charlotte. I think Cat. You could say that Cat should go insert team here, and it would make them better. Washington. You like that? Yes. A good player yeah. going to a shit team. Yes. Sign me up. Do you think Rodney Magruder's trade value kind of looks? We're like, ooh, he's playing kind of nice. Do you think it's just because he's on Detroit? Do you think? Well, he is efficient. I think that's what it is. I just tweeted he's twenty of thirty-eight in his last four games. It's over fifty percent. He's, he's played really well. I just for sure. Yeah, he's in the league, so I mean. Yeah, he's in the league. It's not like he, if he were like knocking down the three ball at a exceptional rate. Um, no, I, I don't think he like I don't think he cracks a playoff team's rotation. If that's what you're asking. No, um, um, he's not shooting. The th- he's five for. 
12 from three, which isn't bad. Like he's had one, he was four for six, one for three, zero for zero, zero for three. Um, he's just like scoring inside too. Like I, Rodney Magruder's value goes beyond um, the box score with this team. Like he's that leadership stuff you hear about, but you don't see like it's real. Like people in this organization love Rodney Magruder and he's a super nice guy. Sure. Sure. Um, I, I can't see him being traded though. Not unless it's like no. a, a salary match or right. Uh, Troy loves Rodney and he's Dwayne, a, he, Dwayne loves Rodney and the players love Rodney. You need guys like that. He'd only be in a trade if he's like a Bryce Johnson, Willie Reed, sort of a Cameron Bear style. He's just got to be in there because he's got to be in there, sort yeah. of a thing. Um, we're gonna do a birthday edition of story time with James. Hey. Okay. Okay. So I don't really. Nothing really makes it specific about birthday or birthday. Well, I guess, yeah. Story time with James, birthday edition. Give me an interaction that you had with literally anybody. I'm not going to tell you who that you like think about a lot because it just made you happy. Put a smile on your face. It, was, it doesn't even have to be funny. Maybe it was just like that was just made me realize that was a really cool guy or like, do you got anything if this makes sense? Yeah. I don't have any. I'm trying to think. So like it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a player on the team. It could be like. Like if you had a story about you know talking with like Candace Park or something, you don't have to be a piston. Um, Someone famous that you know we was in in basketball that we would like you know that we would know. That was cool. I mean, I've had a lot of cool conversations. Um, maybe you maybe you thought someone was kind of like I don't think I would like this person in real life, and then you turns out they're a really nice person, sort of a thing. Yeah. Um. Gosh, is, I, I feel like now from here we should do story time question. Like I should get a, I should get uh, pre-planned because I, I do a lot of ums. I, I thought about this thirty seconds, but it's thirty seconds ago. So uh, no one comes realize- to mind. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a cool birthday story on the road. Oh, I can say this while you're thinking. I did try to get you a guest. Who you? Are you just saying that because you didn't get no, one? Dead serious. Who'd you try? And I can say it now because obviously we didn't record on the day that we were going to. And I actually learned, uh, was it yes last night or this morning that I learned? Was it Sean? Um, Sean. Who's Sean? Like, why do I do a podcast with you? Sean. Livingston, I... man. Oh, Sean. I was thinking of P. Diddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Sean Combs. Um, so, no. Uh, I'm, now I'm curious. Was it? Oh, was it Danny? No, I probably should not. It was Zeke. Oh. Tried to get Isaiah. Didn't work. Um, That'd have been too short of notice. Uh, too short of notice. That's okay. Yeah. It's nice yeah. of you to try. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I was, how am I supposed to get in touch with Sean Livingston? I'm not, I'm not going to bug Andre Iguodala. <laughs> I mean, you guys are best Mr. friends Mr. now. Mr. Iguodala, can I have <laughs> Sean Livingston's phone number? <laughs> Mr. Iguodala. I'll uh, do like the, you know, like the pouty eyes emoji. You know, yeah, with the about. like the glossy ones. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fire if he gave it to you. Um, all right, a great exchange. Gosh, there's there's nothing that comes to mind of like somebody that I didn't ex. There's nothing that sticks out. Like uh, I don't know. It'd be easier if you just named a random person. Like I uh, like. Um. Well, you do NBA TV stuff all the time. So does Grant Hill. Have you ever had any interactions with Grant? I talked to Grant on the phone for when I did the oral history on the Teals. Uh, that was cool. Grant was, was a really nice guy. Um, yeah. I don't know if I've been on NBA TV at the same time as him. I've done, right, like I, I, I said, Steve sure. Smith. Um, 
Did you say Troy? Troy's super cool. Super cool dude. I did not say Troy, but yeah, I'm sure Troy's a cool dude. Um, I'd like to. I really want to just. I'm one of these days. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna sit in off camera on one of those. Uh, one of those pressers. I just want to hear that you, man I'll, speak. I'll just send you the link. <laughs> you to give me the password. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna <laughs> dip in it. <laughs> one story. All right, I'll just tell you statue of limitations can i tell you that my first year on the beat my birthday like my my first birthday covering the pistons what city were you in yeah go ahead denver Ooh, okay so there's a lot going on in this story march 14th we're in denver uh, my first year covering the team my dad lives in denver one of my best friends from high school lives in denver so we go to a they have a michigan state bar so me rod uh, Austin, like a lot of like Michigan, or Chicago has tons of Michigan State bars, but that I mean that makes more sense. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of them around us. One of them is um, uh, like just a whole th- like you walk you drive by they got Pistons like logos. Yeah, on the yeah. Thing yeah. And, a lot yeah, of those yeah, people yeah. come from Detroit, like the same thing. In Denver. Yep. I'm sure they do that own the bar from Michigan. So we go to the Michigan State bar. Me, Rod, the FSD crew, some other people I can't remember, and fellas. the fellas and. There's a flag, like a Michigan State flag that everybody signed. So, like, there's a photo of me, like, signing the Michigan State flag next to a bunch of people who have gone to the bar that were Spartans. Um, so, mo- long story short, we go to a, a club, meet up with my boy Matt, who's my homie from Flint that lives out there. And I meet up with him. I think I left the – I think the other guys went home, and I'm just plastered. Um uh, like it's bad and i don't drink that much but it was they i did i guess i didn't realize i drank a lot or whatever so we go to get pizza i can barely keep it together like i'm just i'm I'm sitting outside because i need some fresh air and he's inside ordering pizza he comes back out i'm like bro i just gotta go home i just gotta go back to my hotel he's like all right man he's like it's good seeing you i'm like yeah you too so i get a lift i go back to my hotel and I slept. It's the first time in my life I've ever done this. And last time, I know people, it's a normal thing. But, again, I don't drink to the point of I get drunk like that. Like, I just that's just not me. Um, and I slept. I spent the night on the bathroom floor of my hotel. Mm. Just the, the floor was and just the, cold. It, it, it just felt good. Felt good. Yeah, yeah for sure. It just felt good. Sure. The, the tile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to like get what I had to get out. And I was hot. And the tile felt good. Mm. I woke up on the bathroom floor in, in my Denver hotel. That was my first so birthday you didn't, on the beach. You didn't, you didn't totally black out then. Also, was this? No, I remember was this, it. I've never, I've for, never blacked out in my life. I was going to ask you that. So, fun story about me. I think I can probably tell this. The first time I ever got drunk, I blacked out. Really? Yeah, I don't want to say how old. Well, I, I mean, kids, people drink before they're twenty-one. I was. 15 or 16 i was 15 yeah i was 15 um yeah that wasn't fun i still won't drink captain morgan to this day because it wasn't a great experience um since then i've only i think i've only ever blacked out one and a half times yeah (laughs) what's the anyways how do you black out half a time you kind of remember it then it's not blacking out maybe two and a half times i don't know i'm not a big drinker yeah i don't know you just kind of like i remember bits and pieces but then like i saw like my phone the next day and there were a bunch of texts that I was like, I didn't send these. And it was like, Oh, I did. 
and it was this whole thing and it was really funny i like had this whole conversation with one of my good buddies that i just didn't remember at all which was anyways um <laughs> was this like a so when you did this was this like a you were in denver for a few days or when you went out did you have to go to uh, uh the pepsi center the next day like what was the um the game was we were in denver for a couple days it was a road trip I want to say the ga- yeah. I want to say the game was already. No, it couldn't have been done because they would have left the next day. Right. Um. um you know what it might have been? It might have been the f- first day of a three-day trip out there. Like it might have been off day, game, and then they practice in Denver and then leave. I think that's what it was. It wasn't off. It wasn't. Yeah, like it wasn't a, the night of the game. It was definitely an off sure. night. Yeah. Um, so you didn't have to. So you, did you have to like go to a game like all the next day? And just, no. Uh, but I, I wasn't hungover by the by the time of the game. I might have been at shoot around the next day. Yeah. I can't remember if they had it or not. But yeah, I, that was the most drunk man, I've ever been. I've never. I drank that, milk because I couldn't find any water. I drank yeah. milk. You need that uh, that Pedialyte. That's what you need. That's what I was say. telling you that a few weeks ago when I was drinking all that hooch. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> telling you about that the pedialyte yeah i just drank like a half a gallon of pedialyte before i went to sleep slept like a baby woke up the next day i was totally fine see i'm not i'm not well versed in the the, because i don't get hung over um neither do i and i don't again i don't drink more than a, a glass of wine and that's like maybe once every three weeks every month like it's not often um you've had a glass of wine in our last two episodes i have i have uh, that's rare. It's your but birthday. You can do whatever you want. That's I why I had care. the one tonight. But like, if any, sure. other, we've done how many of these and how many other times have I? I've never. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Like it was, I was kind of like, wait, James is consuming alcohol. Yeah, it's very like rare. Twelve. It's very rare. Yeah, uh, rare for sure. Yeah, gosh, I wish I had a. I wish I had an answer to your first question. I really do. You will tomorrow when you listen back to this. You can back. It's gonna oh, annoy me. This one. I know it yeah. will. Hundred percent. Um. Alrighty. Uh. We're gonna do. Uh, not just an album that you want to recommend, an album that fundamentally changed your life. Whew. Do you have yours? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I have a, I have a lot. I mean, I don't want to get too, you know, uh, sentimental here. Uh, and I know it's going to come off as, as sort of eye rolly because they're very commercially successful now and like they want a Grammy. But you know, obviously, my brother knows because he was there, and anybody who knows me. You know, personally, which no one who listens to this does. Um, James, you know a little bit about it because we've talked about it. Um, 21 Pilots was like a really big um, band for me. I mean, they still are, but um, like growing up. So they came out with a record called Vessel in 2013. And, um, you know, he's a he's a big um, they're very big on, on sort of, you know, mental health and um, faith. And those being two things that were weird to me growing up. Um, the mental health thing is still, I am just a disaster, but, um, you know, that, that, that album really got me through a lot. Like, um, James, I, I've told you some stories about some things that like happened to me in, in high school. And like that album was, you know, something that always just kind of, you know, got me through a lot of stuff. Um, it's pretty, I mean, and this isn't even one of those records that I'm going to say, go listen to this song. They're all great. Like they're really all great. Um, they're sort of this, I don't really want to call them, you know, experimentalists, but, sort of this they're not really poppy in 2013 they are more so now i suppose um but it was this sort of alternative sort of 
not really hip hop, but there was some influence in there. I mean, James, you know because you've you've talked to me before about how they you've you've listened to them before because I believe it was your my sister was um, a your sister, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That that vessel by Twenty One Pilots. That that album was always really important to me. Um, I mean, there's a bunch like I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful, but so or yet so unaware of it by the 1975. Um, was one that was like one of the best they put on like one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Group Love was a band that like growing up was like I went and saw them live and like that was great. Um, just a bunch of like socialists and hippies and I was like this is my crowd. Yeah. Like this is my vibe. Yeah. It was great. Um, you know, so I'm a big like, you know, concerts are very important to me and and like those three bands but especially twenty one pilots have always put on the best ones but i have the worst post-concert depression it gets bad you know like i leave the show and i can't speak because i'm so sad I'm like my life is never gonna be that good again you want more yeah but that's fair that's a good mm. one that's a good what's the what's the best best show you ever saw best my favorite concert and i actually i thought of a cool story that i'll share too after i do my pick um mm. Best concert I ever been. I'm not a big concert guy. You don't strike me as such. I've no. been. To, I've seen Lupe Fiasco live. I saw Kendrick when he was opening up for Wale in college. This was. Ooh. Um, I saw. My fa- I don't. I've seen some people. My favorite show was. Smoke Dizza, Freddie Gibbs, Big Crit. It was a Big Crit show like he was the headliner but gibbs and dizzle were on tour with them at the blind pig in ann arbor and i love gibbs like one of my favorite ever and i i love crit um and like though and i like dizza too but like those three in that small venue was insane packed mm. um like it was just perfect lineup it was yeah it was phenomenal um my album so like I'm not a I'm more of an R&B guy now than I used to be as a kid. Just I guess that's part of the age. But Shaw Day Love Deluxe Ooh. is I'll ne- like I just it was an album that was like in the house always. Like my parents now like my dad is born in 65, so that would make him f- uh, 55. 50, He'll be 55 this yeah, year. 50, and my mom be- is It'll be 56 this year. 56. My mom will be 52 this year. So my parents are, like, relatively young. Um, So, like, in the late 90s, like, they were in their 20s, like, early 30s. So, like, my dad had all the new rap albums. My dad had, like, all the new R&B albums. My mom had the – like, my mom, who's white, was, like, into, like, black music. But, like, she always – like, I just remember the Shaw Day Love Deluxe cover – the cars in the 90s like they used to have the trays under the seat which is people used to use for their cds and like whenever we get in the car i'd pull a cd out and i just always remember shawde love deluxe and we would always play it obviously everybody the most famous song people know no ordinary love but like ever since i heard that album like i've just i mean my avatar photo on twitter is me and a shawde like i love shawde uh with all my heart and that album like was introduced to me obviously it older than me but like that was an album my parents played specifically my mom all the time um my dad like snoop doggy style but like Day love deluxe is one that's like yeah. introduced me to like that kind of r&b and i and i love that kind of, i love Day. 
Um, one of the one of the oldest songs that I ever remember hearing, and by that I just mean like one of the first songs that I ever remember being like, "Ooh, I like this song." Was "By Your Side." It's phenomenal. Yeah, which is you know I know it's like a super cliche, but I just mean imagine like four year old Nick or five year old Nick being like, "Oh, Charday's like different." Like the the band, her band. Um, it's Charday is she's life, man. Um, it's. And so it's just sort of it's hard. A, it's hard to put into words. Yeah, it's from a um, from a nostalgia standpoint is what it is for you. I mean, I know it says I said like fundamentally changed your life. So it, yeah, because like nostalgia. I wasn't like a big R and B guy then. I was a kid, and even throughout my like formative years, I didn't. I was more rap and jazz than R and B. But like I always listened to Sade and Erica and D'Angelo. But Sade like. To this day, I probably listen to Sade as much as anybody, and it's all from that. Um, yeah. And then my story that I thought about, this is just a cool story. I don't remember what year it was, either year one or year two on the beat, and we were in Phoenix, and it was the morning. We were there for shoot-around. So, like, the setup is you go to the arena on the day, the day of the game, but in the morning the team does a mini practice. They do walk through, and it's media availability, so we – leave our hotels and we go up there and it's usually just the beat guys and like people who work at the arena like it's not a lot of it's the team they're on the floor practicing and then the people like inside the arena not on the floor like workers getting ready for the game and then we're just sitting in the media room by ourselves and me rod and vince i think are the only ones in there maybe keith was in there but i can't remember but me rod and vince are in the media room just waiting for them to be done and james jones walks in uh, now Phoenix Suns GM. I was going to say he was a player at the time. Though. No, he was still. still, he was in the front office. Okay. But I don't know if he was the GM then. He might have been assistant. He wasn't, he was assistant GM. Sure. And we, me, Vince, and Rod were having like a conversation amongst ourselves about Zion or Ja. So it was last year. It was last year. Uh, I'm sorry, two years ago going into their rookie, going into the draft. They were drafted in 2019. They were rookies last year, right? So it was the 2019 season, 2018-2019 season. Mm-hmm. And we're just in there having a conversation. James Jones walks in and he overhears us. And we just literally have like a 30-minute conversation with James Jones, just us three, about taking Zion over Zion. Taking Zion over ja. And I was, like, I, I was like, I would take Zion over Ja because I don't want to lose my job. Right. But I really kind of want to take Ja. Like we were just having a conversation. And he, like, was, like, understanding of, like, some of our points and, like, had his own points. Um, and he kind of agreed. Like, he was, like, Jaws, like, different. But, like, any GM kind of has to take Zion, even though Zion's yeah. probably the better player and will be long term. But this it was just cool. Like, James Jones didn't know us. Like, we were yeah, the beat no, crew for sure. for covering the Pistons. And he just, like, we had, like, a 20-minute conversation all alone talking James talking Zion and Ja and draft stuff yeah. with James Jones. It was awesome. It was really cool. Was he what a what a four? He was a three time champion. I think James Jones was a three time. I think champion. he got yeah. Was he on all the Heat teams? Yes, and a Cavs team. I think maybe possibly yeah. I believe he was on a Cavs team too because he went to like seven straight finals and LeBron went to like eight. Um, see, that's a good way to put it. Is I would draft Cade because I don't want to get fired, but I you love Mobley. But I would I would draft Evan Mobley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did like that story. Thank you. I didn't expect I didn't expect James Jones. Yeah, I try to think of something random that 
I would otherwise sure. have just kept to myself for sure. years. Yeah. I, you would have never have told me that story. No. Um, already, ladies and gentlemen, out man, I was on like my D game today because I uh, this is I no, you were good, man. Um, already, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, uh, happy birthday, James. Happy Thank birthday, you. brother. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, don't worry. I'll take a. I got some Jameson. You want me to take a shot for you? It's up to you. I'll let you. Be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get, shame you. Let's to get take wicked. It. We'll get wicked. I was gonna text you this. Do you think it would be fun if we did a drunk pod one day? Or would you get in trouble for that? Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do a drunk pod. You couldn't do that. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I, w- I, I get was... little. I'll get loose lipped. <laughs> well, I can do it then, right? Yeah, you can be drunk. Sure. Okay, you'll have to carry that one then. Yeah. No, for sure. Just don't say anything. If you say no, anything no, no, crazy, no. Well, yeah. No, I, I'm not like I'm, no. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, genuinely, <laughs> thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.